Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB. It is the 21st of December. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy, socially distanced Scuddy. How are you doing today? I'm uh, hanging out here like a bad smell on the wing, trying to go and get <laughs> as far away from people as possible. But uh, this is the 2020 in a nutshell, ending off with a sting in the tail, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for for a lot of people. Um, you know, so we uh, we send our warmest wishes to all of you out there who are unable to spend Christmas uh, with your loved ones or doing what you had anticipated you'd be able to do. But yeah, this is the reality of the hand we've been dealt. And so moving on, uh, the markets, the markets came under pressure today. And I think some of it was sentiment around COVID. But uh, you've got to say, if you look around the region, there wasn't a lot of positivity to be had. Yeah, I think... uh by the rumour, so the fact might have been a play as well. Also, we saw some really negative news out of uh, Europe, not only with Brexit negotiations, which are a shambles, but uh, a new super virulent uh, strain of coronavirus in the UK and effectively seen uh, the United Kingdom shut off from Europe as well. Not the kind of things that really go and inspire confidence, do they? So I uh, know throwing the fact that, uh, yes, we got that $900 billion stimulus package uh, uh, agreed to in the United States, but I think that was well and truly in the price. I've been speaking about it for months. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that $900 trillion package, not trillion. Trillion, geez. Boy, that just upped itself. Paying out. Largely. <laughs> Get excited. Bigly, bigly, in the words of Trump, no, $900 billion worth of stimulus will be, you know, some say a Christmas miracle, but it will take some time to be um, to be paid out in the U.S., but uh, we'll watch to see how U.S. markets react to that, considering, yeah, it's been so headline-driven around stimulus to a large part over the past few weeks. Um Look, we are on the slow wind down into Christmas. So volume's obviously very low. So some of these moves could become quite exaggerated over the next few days, Scuddy. But but do you get the sense there's also a bit of maybe fatigue setting in in this rally? I think so. And I think the reaction today was pretty uh, pretty instructive on that front as well. I think everyone can agree out there that uh, there is so much good news priced in, whether it's the fiscal deal that's being passed through in the United States. I know elsewhere here, uh, the monetary policy support that's likely to be in place for eons to come. Uh, no rebounding, no uh, travel. We're going to go and have I know, the vaccines rolled out. All of that has been priced in. And I think that the moment the markets are sitting there and they're going, well, geez, we've, uh, we've had a good run. Um, yeah, who's going to come in and like, no, continue the rally? And I'm concerned at the moment, just at least in the short term, that uh, we are so stretched in one-way positioning that we are vulnerable to uh, to some negative news. So I'll be very intrigued to see what happens, particularly with that uh, COVID stuff in Europe, because uh, that is certainly an area that could go and uh, really upend things in the near term and, uh, and question this uh, rosy outlook that so many people are looking for next year. Well, look, I've got to say, by the end of the day, the XJO was relatively flat, so a pretty... Pretty good performance in the last uh, hour or so of trade coming through materials. You know, look no further than the metals and the mining complex. 
Nine-year highs for iron ore. Fortescue up a further 5.3%. Pretty incredible run for Fortescue through 2020. Oh, it's a money-making machine. I was just saying to a couple of the uh, the, the, the uh, crew here that uh, whilst it's absolutely phenomenal company and it's had an amazing backdrop, this is one of those once in, a, in a, an investment cycle opportunities. I think where it's so much good news is priced into that stock. Then you're just going to think, well, no, is there better opportunities out there? I know a lot of uh, the people we've had on the program over recent months has talked about uh, potentially lightening up with Fortescue and uh, looking to recycle into other areas of the market. Jeez, it's um, with iron ore prices likely going top about a. 170 bucks a ton tonight based on what uh, what futures are doing in China. Uh, it's hard to say that this is going to be sustained over the longer term. Uh, look, A2 Milk was in focus again today. After that price uh, or that um, earnings warning that came through on Friday, a lot of the brokers were out. Interesting, though, that uh, whilst, you know, there's there are calls for a strategic change at A2 Milk. You know, that's coming from Morgan Stanley. Morgan saying it will take some time for faith to be restored by management. Um, you know, there is some value there emerging with the company's share price hit so hard. So today, A2 Milk was up by about 1%. That was just a little bit of a clunky segue into our stock of the day. So our stock of the day was Sinlay Milk. So if you think about it this way, Sinlay Milk has also come out and slashed its 2021 profit outlook um, because A2 Milk is one of its major customers, of course. So these ripple effects coming from A2 Milk. Sinlay was the stock of the day. SM1 is the ticker code. We had Mathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor weighing in on this one. Let's take a listen. A2 Milk buys their milk and slaps a label on it and sells it. And, and that's... That's, that's a deliberate exaggeration of the business model, but it explains the complexity of, of Sinlay and the simplicity of A2, and it explains why the margin profile of the two businesses is so different. Um, all the work is done by Sinlay and all the benefit is extracted from A2. Um, it's, it's always going to be an inferior business, and it deserves lower multiples. I mean, this idea that, that A2 milk is expensive at 30 times and Sinlay is cheap at 12 times, you can't really judge cheap and expensive just on numbers. Mm. You have to include a measure of quality as well. And on, on when you include quality, Sinlay comes does not stack up very well, I'm afraid. Um, it's a bit like trying to pick the turnaround in tourism and so forth. Yeah. It's just we just don't know. It's going to be patchy. It's going to take time. Um, in probably a year or two, this will look really good. I tend to think of you want to wait for the things to turn around. When you start to see Dago channels up and running, Sentiment turning around between China and Australia, get on it. Mm -hmm. Even if it bounces 10%, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But jumping on it right now, I think you're just asking for more pain. There is no clarity. Um, yes, people tend to think that's when you want to buy, but I think it gets even more uglier from here. Um, I think it'll get more uglier before things improve. So I wouldn't be jumping in right now. And that was Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics finishing off those thoughts on Sinlay Milk, the stock of the day. Uh, WiseTech Global was hit today. It uh, down by about, well, 4.6%. This is after we saw Viceroy Research reporting the company had made a number of acquisitions that added little or no value to the bottom line. So basically, another short seller report coming out against WiseTech Global. You can hear Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Talk about that one via the show notes. And we've also got a couple of CEO interviews there. John Lechte from Cashworks. I had this conversation with him this morning. Really interesting. They're looking at incubating fund managers 
before they launch um, funds. And he said it was all about the people, you know, more so even than strategy. That's after they launched their global fixed income fund via Fort Lake Asset Management. So you can listen to that interview. Cashworks ticker code is CWZ. And we've got another interview there that I think you did there, Scuddy, with iSelect. I did uh, do that CEO, interview. Yeah. Warren Hebbard. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple interesting interviews. You can listen via the show notes. Uh, look, Scuddy, it's pretty quiet, but we do get a couple of reads here through the week. Uh, tomorrow we get consumer confidence, and we also are looking forward to getting preliminary retail sales data for November. Yes, it's the uh, it's interesting one to go and try and figure out which one I think is more important. The consumer is very important. It's going to be like the key to this recovery. And it does capture. So I spoke with ANZ's um, Catherine Birch earlier today. It will capture Thursday, Friday, and some of the moves on the weekend in terms of COVID and lockdown in the northern beaches. I think everyone who's uh, know been through this pandemic here in Australia, no matter where you live in the world, uh, you know exactly what was coming. So it'd be interesting to see how the uh, the response is. Uh, you expect it to be down. The, the question is how much. The uh, preliminary retail sales figure, uh, look, it's been pretty uh, accurate when it comes to predicting like, the final result. Uh, obviously, we don't get all the granular detail, but uh, there's lots of uh, no fuss made about you know, how strong that you know, sales were over uh, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and everything else. So this will be, you know, see, proof will be in the pudding. We've seen lots of uh, positivity in some aspects. There's been a uh, no bit of discrepancy in others. So we'll look at uh, you know, the adjudicator's response tomorrow. Yep. Okay, looking forward to that. That uh, hits the wires at 11.30 a.m. as it's a Bureau of Stats report. Now, we have Tesla being included in the S&P 500 tonight. So we can leave that conversation there, but we'll be digesting what's happened with Brad Gatsworth. He's Chief Technology Strategy at Wedbush. 8.30 in the morning, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Heath Moss, founder of HLM Investments, will take us through the morning's opening calls and some of the stories and stocks we're watching out for on what will be a Tuesday session of this shortened trading week. Looking forward to the break. Steve Johnson from Forager Funds will wrap 2020 for us at 1 p.m. And we'll be speaking with the CEO of Pay Group on the payroll services business's strong results and uh, its subsidiary and what it's doing and where it's going. So there's always a few small cappies in that afternoon session that we enjoy. Um, short but sweet this afternoon, Scuddy. I hope you have a good night. Yes, you too. And uh, we'll see you all for uh, Tuesday. 